This is FM 100.5, 101.9, AM 1450, and WGNSRadio.com. Rutherford County's Place to Talk. Stand by, Rutherford County. The WGNS Action Line continues a search for truth. Right now that time, 818, Nate Williams with us, and also Thomas Laird with us this morning from Murfreesboro Parks and Rec. How are y'all this morning? Hey, good, Scott. How are you this morning? I'm good. I'm good. Ha- happy Thanksgiving week. It's, well, thank uh, you. Did you it, bring a turkey? I should have. You know, I thought about it. I was either going to eat my little protein bar or bring a turkey, and I just didn't have enough time. I'm Remember sorry. those drinks, those Jones sodas? Yeah. that they had at Thanksgiving, they had a turkey-flavored one, and then they had mashed potato-flavored I, I bought them. They were horrible. <laughs> were they? Good? They weren't good. Not good. No. You know, it's interesting. It seems like everybody's um, family gatherings have kind of calmed down just a little bit this year. You know, and gotten a little bit smaller, a little more intimate. And uh, you know, I hope you guys have a good Thanksgiving. I uh, uh, we I guess from the city of Murfreesboro, on behalf of the mayor, council, city manager, everybody involved from the city, want to wish you and your listeners a happy Thanksgiving and. Hopefully everybody stays well. And now I understand you're inviting yeah. everybody to your I house. I am. That's that's uh, the small little small gathering we're gonna have. So With all all the Murphys, bro. Yeah, all Murphys, bro. Good. Good. You know what? I'm inviting everybody to the park system. Uh, how about that? That's get outside. Bad. Gonna be a nice day. So yeah, get out get, on, and get active. Yeah, get out and that's get active. Right. It's a good day to maybe eat some turkey, eat some dressing, all the good stuff. Do people use the parks a lot on like Thanksgiving oh, yeah. and? Even Christmas, if it's yeah. warm enough. Yeah, you you get some of those days like Thanksgiving. You know, some people uh, they're inside for all morning, cooking and eating, and you know, sometimes they just need a little bit of a relief valve. A walk and then a nap. Yeah, <laughs> maybe even just a nap. Just a nap <laughs> all day in long. General. I don't know. Yeah. No, our open spaces will be open. Uh, you know, I can't say enough about our our maintenance staff who get out 365 days a year uh, to get these facilities open for everybody and make sure people do have that opportunity to. Uh, to get outside and hopefully they can enjoy the trails and the the open spaces Uh, our facilities will be closed uh, on thanksgiving day like sportscom and patterson so uh, that staff can enjoy some time with their family but yeah it's it's uh it's a it's a great day it's a great time of year just to be outside too i heard you guys had a fire on the greenway recently Oh, you didn't even know about that, did you? Yeah, tell me more. <laughs> well, well, apparently, <laughs> it, it was a brush fire, and Murfreesboro Fire Department responded, put it out, but it took them, I, I guess, a couple of hours because it was so dry out there. Yeah, I, uh, I I know what you're talking about now. So, But, yeah, those guys are on it. Uh, anytime we need anything, they, they seem to be there as quickly as possible. So The, the Greenway Trail, though, it, it, it's so cool because you can literally get from one side of town to the other without ever getting on the road and here's the breaking news this morning scott uh i know so many people especially since we've opened up barfield uh, crescent trailhead at barfield crescent park uh, have been eagerly waiting for the bridge underneath highway 99 to open so the great news is we don't know the date for sure but it will be open to the public by december 1st so we are days away from that happening and then you'll be able to access the whole greenway and that's right there you know where everybody goes fishing i guess and that you know i want to call it a pond but i know it's the stones river but the water yeah. it's a big water area farmer lake is what you're talking about farmer right? farmer lake yeah yeah that's it so it's going to be a great thing so i know i'm excited my office is at barfield crescent park and i'll, I'll keep a bike in my office be able to hop on maybe at lunchtime and maybe ride to cannonsburg or 
Thompson Lane Trailhead or something like that. That should be fun. But that that area right there, Highway 99, great place to put canoes in the water, kayaks, yeah. and just, you know, yeah. and we have ma- to walk a, a little bit. but <laughs> Just a little bit. And we're working, uh, we worked with uh, a developer to uh, work on getting better access to Farmer Lake for fishing uh, for a nice trail system. So we're going to be talking about uh, that in the future, but plans have been made and going to be developed pretty soon where uh, access to fishing and using the water for uh, boating is going to be pretty easy. So where will you be able to access that in the future? Um, so right now the plane is on the side where Dunkin' Donuts and Sonic is. There'll be a better access from that point. Yeah, that'll be so. a good location because that's where everybody parks anyway. It is. It is. You know, so when they go down we, there and go fishing. Why, why try to re, you know, create it when that's where people are used to? And we have a, a great developer that we've worked with that's donated some land. Uh, for us to do some stuff with and also uh, wanting to invest in the project so we're grateful for that and we're excited in the future to really kind of unveil the plans for what's going to happen there do you know how deep it is out there because i've always wondered I, i've been out there in a canoe but i i didn't jump in and 500 feet deep. i'm just <laughs> kidding I, I don't know i would speculate probably 20 feet 25 feet something like that that's where it kind of it dams up and uh but that would be my speculation. But well, Thomas is our expert fisherman on staff. <laughs> Thomas, so, have you yeah. swam down no, there before? No. <laughs> I haven't swam there, but I have swam Stone River. There are some good swimming holes along the, the There's a lot there. of them, yeah, <laughs> yeah. for sure. And, and, you know, the cool thing about the Stones River is that typically the water's always flowing. It's not like one of those rivers that just sits. And, right. And Only, you know, in the summertime it gets a little stagnant, but most of the time it is. It's moving, and the water's just beautiful. This time of year in particular with the leaves, uh, if you hadn't been out on the Greenway, it's a beautiful uh, trail throughout from one end of the t- town to the other. Yeah. So, so many people don't realize you can kayak uh, a lot on the Stones River. In the middle of the summer, like Thomas said, it gets a little bit difficult to do. But for the most part, it's a great float. You can have plenty of you know options. And our Outdoor Murfreesboro group uh, does a great job throughout the spring and summer you know, putting on programs that uh, teach people about boating and kayaking and mm-hmm. how to use the Stones River. And it's a really safe way to really learn uh, that type of activity and like we say all the time develop another hopefully a passion area that leads to lifelong wellness you know I, I think I've kayaked or canoed just about the entire Stones River in Rutherford County and there are some areas that are pretty shallow but yet it, it is a lot of fun and you got to oh, yeah. take the kids to do it at least once or twice yeah and we've got a couple rapids on there that people don't yeah. realize uh, yeah. I've gotten knocked over a couple times from being <laughs> silly out there but it's it's a good time. It's a, it's a great time. I mean, you can take kids out there. Anybody can go fishing. Uh, you can catch some fish, and um, it's just a, it's a great asset we have right through the middle of town. And people, you know, don't take a second and look at it too much. Well, you know, we take uh, we've taken summer camp kids before, and some of these kids that's never been out uh, outside in the woods and stuff, and uh, it it becomes a real adventure to them. I mean, yeah. it's a totally different perspective on life for these kids when you're floating the river and you know there's one way off is to get to the end of the river. <laughs> so you, you it know, becomes a big adventure. It's wild because in Murfreesboro we have so many people who just moved here from all over the country, even other countries. But some of these kids come from you know very city areas where they've never seen or been able to walk down to a river or walk trails or anything like that you know you got some who are from the washington dc area the closest thing they saw to the forest is the potomac river and the woods that are next to it right. i mean there's just it, it's pretty cool when you open up their world to see all this other stuff i think that just goes to show you why places like barfield crescent park our, our backcountry area is so valuable and you know what our charge is to uh, to take care of these properties and preserve them so people can have that experience in the middle of, you know, a thriving and growing, you know, uh, municipality. 
Yeah, even in Nashville, you know, yeah. you're, you're seeing less and less of a park system there. Mm-hmm. And then the park systems that you do have, they're not as safe as they are in Murfreesboro. They're nowhere near uh, as safe. Well, you know, I think like one of our biggest things, we want, you know, safe, clean and fun facilities. <clears throat> and, and our staff work really hard to try to make that happen in every element. So we're fortunate. We have a group of police officers who help us patrol, you know, all of our outdoor, you know, and indoor facilities. Uh, we've got eight parks officers who do that. So it's just, you know, it, it's something we put a lot of focus on. Um, but, you know, one of the other things is we want to look at these pieces of property and people look ask why we look at bigger pieces of property that we won't necessarily put a soccer field on or a baseball field or a playground but you know it's kind of our charge to preserve those for generations to come and be able to allow you know families to enjoy them in a natural way now you know thomas was taking talking about taking some of our kids out in our community centers i know uh, we've taken them camping a couple times in the backcountry area and several of them had never been camping i'd say 99 percent of them had never been camping but we get out on the trail and we do a night hike where you turn off all your lights and it's scary at first, but you turn off all the lights and your eyes start to, you know, to adjust to the, to the lighting. And it's a really cool thing, you know, and it's, um, our staff work hard to create those types of experiences for maybe some of those who might not otherwise have it. Whatever happened with the idea of building another park in the Blackman area? Yeah, so that's still on our forefront. It's still in our capital plan. Uh, our council is very supportive of the work that's been done uh, along with our city administration. So we're working. We're trying to figure out, Scott, what the best piece of property is to um, to build something out there. So we've got a couple of properties right now that we're, we've evaluated and then aligning the funding with that as well. You know, it's expensive to build a, a park over 100 acres. Uh, so we're that's being prioritized in our in our capital planning in the coming years uh, but it's really just making sure we have the right piece of property to serve the right function for the right you know section of murfreesboro when looking for property does it all have to be in the city limits or can some of it fall into the county some of it can fall into the county um, you know ideally you would like it where it's uh, going to be eventually city limits maybe um, uh, but we, we we like looking out there just a little bit looking at where our, our, our growth is happening and planning for the future you know if you talk to i remember dennis Rainier, uh, our former director used to talk about mcknight park um out memorial and he said when they first started developing that he said that people you told him he was crazy because it was out in the country nobody would ever <laughs> go out there and you're thinking sportscom is right almost in the middle of and downtown we had the same issue when we built seagull park when yeah. all that's so far out nobody's going to be able to go to that park it's it, it, People tend to get uh, focused on their end of what's yeah. in their general vicinity. We have employees all the time says, uh, "Oh, I, I, that's on the other end of town from me." <laughs> you know, <laughs> we were all working all, the entire town. <laughs> and with traffic, it takes thirty minutes to get across town these right. days. Sometimes depends on time of day. Well, that, uh, I remember as a kid, uh, I used to ride my bike to where Sportscom was being built because it wasn't built. I don't think until like 87, 88. 87 is when yeah. Sportscom opened up. Yeah, so I, I remember riding my bike down Haynes Drive, and I don't think Haynes Drive went all the way to DeJarnett Lane and Memorial uh-huh. back then. I, I, for some reason, Did you I guys live on that side of town then? We lived closer to Thompson Lane. Okay. So it was a long ride, you know. It was one of those where, you know, probably would have gotten in trouble if I... Yeah. told them where you're actually if they knew where yeah. you were <laughs> but, but i remember somebody made it like a little bmx course out in a field somewhere way out there in the middle of nowhere and i used to ride my bike that direction and eventually sportscom was out there so did you go neat. on opening day at sportscom to swim 
I probably did, yeah. And I look at some of you all's old pictures, and I see Bart out there uh, doing interviews and yeah. stuff like that. Had the van out there. That's so right. I imagine I was like, that's got to be Scott Walker out there swimming. That, that was a, bi- a big deal. And it was. Know, Starplex was a big deal. Uh, I remember I, I lived in Millington, Tennessee, and worked for a baseball the USA Baseball, and I remember a lot of those guys kept telling me, you know, in Murfreesboro they've got a, a field with a warning track, and and uh, they got four fields to get or five fields together, and they were referring to Starplex that it was just that that was the very first of that type of ballpark uh, with the spokes and uh, fields that close together. Now every park, you know, in the state of Tennessee is is pretty much modeled after Starplex. I think, you know, when it comes to our park system, we've been fortunate. Our community has really benefited from, uh, I would say, generations of city councils, you know, dating back to the 70s and 80s, who understood the value of what parks and recreation mean to a community, you know, and really were thinking and investing for the future. And our council now continues to do that. And I think it's really beneficial for our community, just in general, to have that type of support for parks and what it means to the community. You know, it's wild because in the 80s, whenever Sportscom was thought of and then later built, Murfreesboro was small. I mean, much smaller than what it is today. So it's wild that they thought about building something that big back then. Because, you know, most cities at 50,000 residents wouldn't have something that nice. Yeah, and you can say, I think that's a great illustration, but there's several like that. You know, when Barfield was developed, your community was much, much smaller. And we're looking at, you know, hundreds of acres of parkland. Um, even Old Fort Park, dating back to the 60s and 70s, was a huge park for a, a tiny community, and that's become really our capstone park in a lot of ways. It was the first real big park in Murfreesboro. That's the first one I really played on as a yeah. kid. You know, played on, helped develop Kids Castle and played outside. And uh, and that was before there was a shopping mall on Old Fort Parkway. It was before Old Fort Parkway was Old Fort Parkway. Yeah, it's, it's just Highway 96, I guess. <laughs> before the mall was there, and yeah. it's just it—it's it, crazy. I, you know, I was born in Murfreesboro, so I think you see the growth, and um, it, it's exciting. And hopefully, uh, we're doing our part from a park standpoint to create opportunities for people to really still enjoy Murfreesboro the way I did as a kid. Yeah. You know, we opened Barfield in 2000, and the population was around 76,000 people. Yeah. So here we are, 20 years later, and we've more than doubled in size, and. Uh, not a lot of cities are able to say that you know it's going to be interesting to see what the census numbers actually look like come i guess well january is when they're going to finalize them then we'll see them what in april or so yeah Yeah, because they just wrap that up but that should be interesting to see how much we've actually i think it's going to be a bigger number than any of us are expecting i I think so and that's a positive thing because that means more money coming back to us Uh our tax dollars actually coming back into our city well anytime that you have a a place people are willing to move to or desiring to move to uh you got to look around and say there's something going right here we're doing something right and i think the parks department is a big uh, that's a big asset that we have and a big benefit and a lot of these companies use that to lure uh, potential employees in because uh, if you think about it Barfield Crescent Park's a little over 400 acres well Central Park in New York City you know you think of that such mm-hmm. a massive park it's only 1200 acres so you know here's a small town of Murfreesboro compared to New York City we've got a park a third of the size of their of one of the largest parks at We'll, we'll have, instead of a Rockefeller Center, we'll have Barfield Center. And well, we got the square, right? <laughs> we got the square. That's right. <laughs> uh, and it's growing too. It's amazing what all the activity that's going on around the square and, and different things. So. It is. It, it's. I mean, Murfreesboro has really changed a lot over the years, and I think a, a lot of positive change has 
has taken place for sure. Absolutely. So back to Blackpen, it looks like you're still looking for land in that direction. Hopefully sometime soon something will be found. So. And yeah, I think um, you know it's evaluating what we currently have too. We're not out there actively seeking land. It's about what we have, you know, what purposes and what functions that uh, is the best use for those properties. So we're looking at that, and that's, you know, uh, there's a lot of context that goes into understanding what those properties bring to the table. So it's something we're looking at. It's something we're still discussing. It's something also that we've done a lot of planning for. We've listened to the community. We'll re-engage with the community once we get going again on kind of what the design looks like. But we have a lot of work that's already been done that's ready to go. So, Again with us this morning, Nate Williams, Murfreesboro Parks Director, and also Thomas Laird with us this morning with Murfreesboro Parks and Rec. We're going to take a short break, but we will come back to talk a little bit more about the park system here in Murfreesboro. First Class Sales and Service in Smyrna is reminding you not to wait on that next car repair job. As a matter of fact, if you're a teacher or first responder, there are special discounts available to you on your next job. So stop by First Class Sales and Service in Smyrna. That's First Class Sales and Service in Smyrna. Partial sunshine develops here this afternoon with a high in the lower 60s. Winds out of the south around 10 to 15 miles per hour, gusting as high as 20. I'm meteorologist Jennifer Wojcicki on News Radio WGNS. Currently, it's 34. Precision Air knows you want the air inside your home as safe and clean as possible. Clean the air in your home with an affordable UV system. WGNS listeners get $50 off. 615-930-0088. A whole house air purifier. 615-930-0088. This is Peter Demas with Demas Family of Restaurants. When it's getting cold outside and you don't want to really get out of your car, Demas's has now started a curbside service. So you can order online, put your make and model of your car into the website, and when the food is ready, we will bring it out to your car and therefore you can still be in your pajamas and come and get lunch and go back to your home if you want to. Curbside service. It's just another level of service of which we are trying to provide the residents of Murfreesboro. Visit us online at demasrestaurants.com. If I could talk to the animals. Hi, this is Amanda from Animal City, right here in Murfreesboro. Whether you're looking for a new pet to add to the family or accessories to keep your current pet happy and enriched, Animal City is the place for you. We are excited to announce that our fall fragrance pet odor exterminating candles are here. If you have not experienced these, you should stop in and check them out. Animal City, 919 Northwest Broad Street, right here in Murfreesboro. Thank you for allowing us to serve you for 30 years. This is Ron Hall. When the unexpected happens, Farrah Construction can help you, whether there's a vehicle in your business or your home that's not supposed to be there. It's in the news, a car through the front door. We can board it up where the place is secure and deal with your insurance company to get it back to its previous condition. When the unexpected happens, call Farrah Construction Company. This is Ron Hall with Farrah Construction. Call 615-893-6120. Good morning, all in all, not too bad. Coming down I-24 out of Coffee County into Rutherford. As far as interstate accidents, we have seen a lot of radar this morning. They're not playing around. You're going to see a lot of that over the next couple of days. Traffic's still looking pretty good on 96 and 840 headed over towards Franklin, Williamson County. Hey, if you're looking to buy or sell a home, call Tony and Nikisha Tate, the Tate team. Call them today, 554-9795. I'm Commander Chuck. You're on time traffic. Listen live to WGNS Radio on our website, and Alexa, or Google devices. Search WGNS Radio for on-demand podcasts in iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, and Stitcher. Plus, we have direct links to podcasts at WGNSRadio.com. 
The Action Line on FM 100.5, 101.9, AM 1450, and WGNSRadio.com. We're Rutherford County's Place to Talk. Right now that time, 8.37, you're tuned into WGNS on this Tuesday morning. Today, the 24th of November, Nate Williams with us and Thomas Laird both with us this morning. And uh, y'all are really digging this music here, I can tell. Yes. It's good stuff. I like it. I like it. That's called a bumper music, right? That is. Yeah, good. good I'm job. learning the lingo. It's what you get for being on the radio three that, or four times a month, right? Man, that's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty impressive. You ought to have bumper music as you come into the parks, you know, like maybe Old mm-hmm. Fort Park as you like drive, drive through the gates. Yeah, 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 drive up music. Thomas has his own bumper music. He plays it when I he walks that, into yeah. a meeting, you know. Well, and he brought he, a harmonica. He did. He did. Yeah, I told Bart, Bart asked me to bring it last time. Thomas, well, he can play anything, you know, and then it, it's fun because. Oh, wait, wait a second. He can play anything. No, so no, if no, I request no, wait, a song, no. I, I, I have request. a limited repertoire. <laughs> yeah. Thomas is our, na- our resident national anthem player at anything that we need uh, played, and uh, but I've seen it. He can get kind of lively with it, like too. Like the Jimi Hendrix version? <laughs> well, it's a harmonic <laughs> version. I, I had a couple of incidents where I was either announcing or I was a, a part of a, a opening celebration or whatever, and we had glitches. The CD was scratched for the national anthem. So uh, at one point, I literally did the Pledge of Allegiance in lieu of the national anthem because the music didn't play. I said, that's the last time we'll ever do that. So I learned how to play it on my nas- on my harmonica. So anytime I announce a ball game or something, I always have that as a backup. Do, do you sing if uh, no, no. harmonica's that's not working? I do not sing. That's why I, I recite the pledge. <laughs> It'd be funny, though, if you were set to uh-huh. do the national anthem before you know, a local baseball game and... All of a sudden, the harmonica went missing, and then right. had to sing. <laughs> well, I've practiced that in the shower, but I, I don't think it's, it's, it's not, not ready same, for the public. It won't have the same effect. Oh, okay. <laughs> so, so you ought to play something though. What what, what should you play? Uh, I tell you what, I know or, most or of your listeners <laughs> like this something. He, he is ready. He's prepared. He, he, he's been waiting for this moment, Scott. Uh, this is my big. You, you know, I've seen these great big uh, guitar straps, like on Fender guitars. Uh-huh. You know, all decorated. He's got an awesome guitar strap, but it's on his harmonica. Yeah, and he wraps it around. So I think this is a great precursor. So this is a tool that Thomas uses. He's taught for 18 years now. Uh, 16. Uh, 16. I think, yeah. uh, a program at Sportscom called Toddler Time. Toddler mm-hmm. Time with Thomas. And it's a great, you know, he'll have 20, 30 kids in there at a time. And it's a lot of movement, a lot of, edu- you know, education, a lot of uh, uh, skills that these kids need. And they've, they've grown up and their younger siblings have gone through the program. So he's done it for 16 years. But on Friday mornings, if you go into Sportscom at around 10 o'clock, you're guaranteed to hear Thomas singing, playing games. And then the, har- yeah, the harmonica comes out as well. So the kids love it. So what got you started doing that? I, you know, I mean, what, was well, it? when I was in college, uh, the toddler time or yeah, the, the, the toddler time. <laughs> <laughs> well, when my son was little, uh, he was two or three years old, and I'd gone to a workshop, and they were took class on how to enter, engage and and work with the toddlers. And I thought that would be a great program for our department. Uh, my son was he was two at the time, so obviously I wanted to do programs yeah. for you know to engage him. So. Uh, we started it at Patterson, uh, and then in 2005, I think, we moved over to Sportscom. 
uh, and I've been doing it at Sportscom ever since. But it, it's just a, a chance for little kids to, to learn basic things, how to uh, wait their turn, stand in line. Uh, you know, we sing songs, we play games, simple directions. Uh, and really, it's the same program every week, which for most people that's not. But for the little ones, uh, the repetition helps them kind of understand what's going next. And uh, Have you know, taught they, them some music? I, I mean, like playing... Well, they sing little little songs, uh, and we sing the same songs every week. So the, the idea is when those kids go to uh, preschool or, mm-hmm. or to kindergarten, uh, they know a couple songs to sing. They can, they can tell a story because we say this, you know, do the same story. Uh, but the big thing I notice is as the kids come week after week after week, those kids tend to develop uh, leadership qualities where the rest of the class is following them. So... Uh, it's been a really successful program, really good program over the years. And some of those kids, like I said, I've been doing it 16 years now. Uh, so I get kids now that are, you know, in college <laughs> that come back That's uh, that, were, that were toddlers, <laughs> you know. So it's college uh, kids hey, sitting here. <laughs> just a word of the wise. Uh, Thomas, is, we've been with the department for a long time, and I filled in for him two times. <laughs> Did and you play anything No. It's very difficult to fill in for Thomas because uh, they say that's not how Mr. Thomas does I can it imagine. every single time. It's, uh, it's, it's, every it's Friday tough. for 16 years, I, I've memorized the program. Yeah. Uh, so these, these kids are ready for college when they get out of your class. Then. <laughs> They're ready for kindergarten anyways. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> All right, so, so play something. I, I don't know, something that... I'll, I'll people, play something for your listeners. Okay. This is a Stephen Foster song. So, All right. <laughs> I thought you were going to say Stevie Nicks. Pretty cool, you a know. Man, the rena- he's a renaissance man. He really is. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I used to always think playing the harmonica would be a cool thing to do. Yeah, I, I've just right. never. Actually you used to think that. <laughs> used to think that. Used to think that. Well, you know, I grew up near Memphis, so I a lot of harmonicas in Memphis. Stuff, wow. a, lot of, a lot of harmonica players there in that Memphis area. So. I've had the honor of going to conferences and trainings and uh, a lot of things with Thomas and I can tell you that that harmonica has become a resourceful tool to break the ice and get people uh, laughing and talking so do y'all drive to these conferences a lot of times wondering if we spend a lot of times in the car but fortunately the harmonica doesn't come out uh, in the car (laughs) six hour drive learned a long time ago that there's a little harmonica is good a lot of harmonica is never good It'd kind of be like the what is it the kazoo you know yeah, and it's like too much cowbell too much harmonica yeah yeah <laughs> that's probably the best saturday night live episode right there the, the whole too much cowbell thing mm-hmm. but yeah i the harmonica is a cool instrument and it's been around I, I mean i've heard stories during the civil war how people used to play it at night and right. uh but it's just so cool though the heritage behind it and there's a lot of you know south to it yeah the what early 1800s it became popular because of the people moving west they didn't have much room to carry musical instruments and things like that so uh that, that stephen foster song there that's one i uh you know he never got a dime for that though even though that was that's the, wild the, what california gold rush yeah. anthem is what they call that and uh but it was stolen from him so that was one song he never got any credit for and it's interesting how way back then a song would travel from california to 
Tennessee and uh-huh. and back and forth. You know, it's it's wild because you didn't have the internet. You didn't have a bunch of radio stations and TV stations. You didn't have any of that stuff. Right. And in the mid 1800s, that was pop culture. That was like the most popular type music. Uh, and it's amazing how music has evolved. It, it is, and and has literally traveled the world probably in a fairly short time span right. if you were to look at the bigger picture of, of song and and how it has changed people right. but it, it is pretty neat and having the kids in the class once a week and everything i'm sure that's a lot of fun i i don't think i'd have the patience for it <laughs> or the talent I mean, well you know sometimes uh, you're, you're, you're a talented person scott but i'm telling you when you're not mr thomas you're not mr thomas yeah sometimes you wake up on friday and you're like oh i gotta go do the toddlers but then when you leave you're like that was the best part of my week. <laughs> so how you said you've been doing the toddlers 16 years now. Right. And it's always been at Sportscom? Well, I, it started out at Patterson Park for a few years, and then I think it was 2005 we moved it to Sportscom, and it's been there since. Uh, now, we had a little break when we renovated Sportscom where we went to McFadden. Uh, moving the class has always been difficult. You know, when we moved it over to McFadden, it took a while to get people to come in again. Uh, and you know we've we've suspended during the uh, COVID, and now now that we've gone back to the class, it's still having a hard you know people are, are cautious and the classes are a little smaller, but it, it's continuing to get back yeah. to where it was. I think it's a, a good reminder now that you know Scott, our facilities are open. There is a mask mandate, so we're asking everybody who comes in to abide by the mask mandate that the the county mayor has has put in there, um, but. And, and also just practice you know safety right now just keep the distance keep your hands washed if you're not feeling well don't come you know to our facilities i know we've had a couple of people uh, who've said hey we haven't been able to use our pass at all this year you know we're trying to help everybody out we can we're showing as much you know working with everybody as much customer service as we can because it's just so you know such uncertain times so our facilities are open uh, they're modified but we still have classes we still have a lot of things happening but our biggest thing that we've been consistent throughout is that we would just, if you're sick stay home uh, if you think you might have been exposed stay home um, are the indoor pools still open at Sportscom and Patterson? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so Patterson's not yet. We're, we're still working on our dehumidification project. Uh, we're trying to get that wrapped up, and then we're about to replaster uh, Patterson's pool as well uh, because it's long story, but we have to replace the drain covers that were damaged during construction. The, the contractor's doing that. So we're gonna, we have to drain the pool, and we're going to do that at the same time, replaster the pool because that's a need. So uh, Sportscom is, though. So Sportscom has uh, classes and activities that are happening, and... Uh, you know, our, our park system, we have all this meeting space and space available mm-hmm. for things like classes. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know that a lot of other cities have that within their park systems. You know, we've got a lot of uh, versatile, a lot of, di- I guess, diverse places. You know, right now, we do have our rental spaces still open. There are some requirements that we're putting in place <coughs> limiting the number of sizes of groups. Like, normally, a room at uh, Patterson might host... 50 people but we've kind of honed that down to 20 people or our dining room is usually 150 we're asking people to just keep it to 50 in there just for social distancing but we have you know wedding venues we have outdoor venues we have uh anything you need i think we got something for just about everybody we got gyms you can rent you know uh, mcfadden community center right dodgeball you know big game of dodgeball or something yeah Uh, we'll include the dodgeball (laughs) brian barrett just sent me a message he said that he interviewed the governor or i'm sorry we'll be interviewing the governor at 10:15 this morning on Rutherford issues, so I, I have no idea what they're going to be talking about. But 
should be interesting. Sounds a little bit more important than me. Well, ten, so. No. <laughs> ten more program ten, I, I think important to mention is our youth basketball program, which uh, if anyone been around much knows that we have a huge youth basketball program and uh, our hope is that we are able to have a, a successful season we have delayed the season uh, t traditionally we start in december with practices or and so this year we're going to move it up till january uh, we're just kind of uh, help hoping things uh, settle down and uh, restrictions are loosened somewhat uh, but what age groups is that for now they our basketball runs from ages five uh, to 17 so okay. all ages boys and girls uh, we're we're still taking registration so if you hadn't got in or, or want to register you can you can register at the McFadden Community Center or online at the uh, city website murfreesboro.tn.gov uh, parks so and where are all the games played you know for this upcoming season they'll be played throughout our facilities and also several of the city schools we have a, a great partnership with city schools and uh, you know that that's part of the caution and, and one of the reasons we've decided to delay the season um, i know that city schools have a significant number of students that are out right now uh, on quarantine so we want to make sure that you know people get back to uh, feeling healthy, feeling safe, and uh, hopefully in, G in January we're able to, to launch practice. We are asking, uh, you know, families to, to be cautious and, and not bring grandparents and, and people that are at risk. We're asking them. We're going to try to uh, live stream some of the games, whether it's through uh, Facebook Live or we're looking at some other options. So we're going to try to have some options where families can watch those kids play and watch the games while, you know, being safe. I'm thinking ESPN. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> well, we've reached out. We'll see what I think, I think the quality's yeah. there. Yeah. <laughs> I think yeah. what, we got some ballers. What we've, uh, what we've learned over the past, you know, seven, eight months is that we got to be very flexible with what we're doing. Things change overnight. So, you know, Thomas and his, uh, his staff have made the decision to push back the season. But, you know, we'll have to take a good look at where we are then. We might have to make adjustments then. There's just no guarantees with anything with anything in the world today right now. So we, we're going to do the best thing that we can. We know kids need these types of activities. Uh, you know, our kids are struggling right now. Just, uh, and they need these types of outlets. So we're going to try our best to make it happen. Uh, in a safe way if we can so we're just asking everybody for understanding as we, as we try we're not going to do anything dangerous but uh, it just might change we're, we're doing the best we can I, I have to say that all in all uh, our citizens of Murfreesboro have, have done a wonderful job uh, at our facilities and our parks uh, they're very respectful of, of those around them and I, I think that the citizens of Murfreesboro is doing a great job uh, with what the current climate and the restrictions there we just ask everybody continue to do that be patient we're we're pushing as hard as anybody I don't think anybody wants people to be back and and back to their normal activities more than Nate and I uh, but we have to be safe you, you know speaking of changes and all that and being safe we we still get still have gotten emails and calls about the Christmas parade asking mm -hmm. is it yeah. going to be held is it not going to be held uh, but the bottom line is, Nate, kind of fill us in on the parade this year. Yeah, I came in last week and talked to Bart about this, but we made the decision just with the rising numbers of, of cases, and hopefully we've kind of hit the plateau in that. But 
we still have rising numbers of, of COVID uh, in Rutherford County, Murfreesboro specifically. So we just thought, you know, we're asking everybody to do the responsible thing. And I think for us, the Christmas parade with the amount of people that wanted to participate and the, you know, thousands of people who fill the streets, we didn't think it was the most responsible thing. So uh, I talked to the mayor um, about it and he said, you know, we, we both agreed. He said, you know, it's just not the best time to do it. And um, so we've canceled this year's Christmas parade and looking forward to next year. And we're going to make it big, 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 big. It's going to be a lot of fun. But uh, this year, just not the most responsible thing for us to do. You know, the parade route that goes around the square, right there around the downtown area on East Main, that, that's where it's so congested mm-hmm. with people just standing there watching the parade, waiting for the candy to be thrown out. So I could see where that could be you know a little dangerous i guess when it comes to covid because there's a lot of people right there there's just no way to control it and it, we don't necessarily want to control everybody in their actions but we don't want to create an event where thousands of people come together you know uh in risk you know somebody getting ill so um like i said we have more controlled environments that we can uh, like basketball for able to continue in january we can control that to a certain extent and limit the number of participants uh and, and spectators and you know distance people but like i said um we're looking forward to next year we were excited to partner with wgns uh the city of murfreesboro was we had some really great plans uh but i think that's just going to continue to next year and then as our partnership with wgns continues to grow um i think we can we can do some really cool things we're just extending everybody's prep time so we're anticipating some really awesome floats next year yeah one year <laughs> one year so you Give start your float now scott <laughs> that's a good idea. we want to see so go ahead and buy your trailer and, and start building it right now Who said start float i i'm i'm thinking you know yeah. something that's a balloon that, yep. you know like oh, macy's yeah. there parade there big yeah, blow up bart or start Let growing bart. what are the flowers that they put in the parades thing you can start growing those plants now so you could put them in the chicken wire and that's an awesome idea carnation we're gonna hold you to yeah we're gonna hold you to that no and, no this is your idea and, <laughs> and an inflatable uh the parks and rec is gonna have an awesome float this year how about next year. how about brian barrett uh big inflatable brian barrett like and you're, you know you can have y'all can walk down the streets of murfreesboro with uh, the member of the morning crew you that know? would be awesome yeah a giant Floating Brian. A floating Brian. That's what we need. <laughs> this is good. That Murfreesboro needs a floating Brian at Christmas. What about the trees and everything along East Main? Is that going to be an issue? Or no. It could be above the trees. We can, we, it's going to be high. I don't think yeah. you understand how tall the floating Brian yes, is. Yes, tall, tall the floating Brian Bring binoculars. Be. Yeah. It's going to be good. <laughs> Nate Williams and Thomas Laird with us this morning with the Murfreesboro <laughs> Parks and Rec Department. So as we close out this morning, because we have like five minutes, four minutes left, What what is next for the park system you know we're continually uh looking for you know, ways to expand and grow uh, we've got uh, our, our capital outlay where we're making some improvements to some of our facilities right now that are much needed uh, the big thing that we have going right now and a lot of people have asked as a uh, seagull park is getting the facelift that we've been uh, working on the past year and a half uh, but we've partnered with the tennessee state soccer association where they're going to be moving their headquarters to Murfreesboro, which is going to result in just uh, Murfreesboro becoming the destination for soccer development in Tennessee. And I think, uh, you know, the southeast, uh, we're going to have a facility. We're going to have eight artificially turf fields, um, an indoor structure. Uh, all at Siegel. All at Siegel, yeah. So we're going to have a 90,000 uh, square foot indoor practice facility. Uh, and there's just nothing like that anywhere close. So uh, hopefully it's going to benefit the kids of Murfreesboro and the visitors to Murfreesboro. And I think it's going to have, you know, significant economic impact. Uh, so if you drive past Siegel right now, you'll see a lot of dirt moving, um, about 700 loads of dirt moving. But you can really see the progress. We've yeah. got two fields down now. And uh, 
they're in the process of top dressing those and, and adding the, the rubber infill, uh, making sure they're, they're level and safe. And, uh, and then we've got two other fields they're scraping off the top. So uh, it, it's really exciting for Murfreesboro. The so, indoor complex is going to be cool. Yes. Yeah, I think if you go and you stand on a soccer field, you can basically say, you know, there's going to be a facility the size of the soccer field, and there's just nothing like that around. Yeah. So yeah. it's going to create just great opportunities, uh, like I said, for the, the, the kids and the, the, the soccer aficionados in Murfreesboro, uh, and it's going to be a lot of fun. And people have asked us, you know, why, why go with artificial turf? And I think the thing with artificial turf is that it gives us the maximum playability where we can keep those fields occupied if it's raining or if it has rained. Uh, bad weather events and also to renovate those fields cost almost the same amount of money to do them correctly with natural services then you have to you know limit playability on those the ongoing maintenance of of natural grass versus the turf now you know we're not so naive to say there's nothing that needs to be done to the turf uh, that you know we've got to keep it upright keep it swept and and different things but it's nowhere near uh, fertilizing and and the water and the different things that you have to do for natural grass it's, it's very labor intensive and very expensive so uh yeah this is definitely a better move i would like astroturf in my front yard <laughs> i think especially I if you is go it out, expensive <laughs> <laughs> i think go out there and see what the, what it is i mean it's, it's a really interesting thing because i've walked on it a lot recently and you it's know, soft it, it's I, soft but it almost gives if you close your eyes and you're walking on it you'd say it feels like you're walking on a really well-groomed soccer or football field i mean there's huh. it's a very natural feel to it and that's the reason you know we, we did a lot of research in the type of product that we wanted to use and i think we f- picked the best product for this situation uh and, and we're very excited about it and we're going to get some preview times out there where our community can come out and see it and see what it has to I'd offer like to take my old yeah. mower to it yep, no 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 <laughs> don't do that but we, you can bring your soccer ball out there and we'll, we'll kick it around maybe yeah. maybe we can do a live remote out there uh and you you can bring your microphone we can kick a soccer ball around or something like that that'd be pretty exciting right there. <laughs> and talk about the, the kick the, is about to happen yeah yeah the kick and i just kicked it so <laughs> now the, the astroturf thing that that's such a cool idea though and I, there, I saw a yard in murfreesboro recently and the whole yard was was fake grass so i don't know if that's well, becoming uh, a thing or a lot what? of these turf companies and we actually have this at one of our playgrounds but they do make a uh, lawn type turf uh that's more you know wouldn't that be great? You, you oh, never have be to awesome. mow, weed eat. It would just be there. But the, the beauty of this new product is in our on our playgrounds where the old safety surfacing is maybe discolored or been, uh, you know, is a little rough. You can lay this turf down right over the top of it, and you still have all the safety, uh, the fall and and those things that make being in the playground safe. Uh, but it looks just like grass. Pretty cool stuff. Again, Thomas Laird and Nate Williams with us with the Murfreesboro Parks and Rec Department. Thank you for joining us. Hey, thank you, Scott. Thanks, Scott. First Class Sales and Service in Smyrna is reminding you not to wait on that next car repair job. As a matter of fact, if you're a teacher or first responder, there are special discounts available to you on your next job. So stop by First Class Sales and Service in Smyrna. That's First Class Sales and Service in Smyrna. This is Sean Brown at Tire World on Broad Street. Did you know we specialize in commercial and fleet business? We're equipped to handle all of your company's automotive needs. Download our Tire World app today for free oil changes and electronic coupons. Come by today for all of your automotive needs. Online at tireworld.us. Now, an update from the WGNSRadio.com News Center. 
I'm Ron Jordan. A Rutherford County resident is among three men who were indicted in February as part of a deadly heroin and fentanyl distribution network. 25-year-old Markel Peoples, also known as Worm, 27-year-old Christopher Johnson, both of Nashville, were charged in a 15-count drug trafficking indictment. 31-year-old Blaine Ellis of Laverne, also charged with possession with intent to distribute heroin and fentanyl. If convicted, Peoples faces a minimum of 25 years to life. Johnson faces 15 to life, and Ellis faces 20 years in prison. Middle Tennessee's season opener against number 5-ranked Louisville has been postponed due to positive COVID-19 test results and contact tracing within the Lady Raider bubble. Director of Athletics Chris Massario has announced the Lady Raiders' home contest against Vanderbilt, scheduled for November 29th, has also been postponed. Lady Raiders began regular testing earlier in November in preparation for the season. All test results have been negative, but there were two positive results last Friday. No makeup dates for the Louisville or Vanderbilt games have been announced. Tennessee Department of Health says more than 5,000 school-age kids tested positive for coronavirus in just the last 14 days. About 56% of those cases are students aged 14 to 18. The potential of spreading COVID-19 during the holidays is prompting many schools to go to virtual learning following the Thanksgiving break. If you're thinking about frying your turkey this Thanksgiving, Murfreesboro fire officials have some tips for you. Fry a turkey outdoors on a sturdy level surface. Make sure your turkey is completely thawed and check the temperature of the turkey fryer often so your oil won't overheat. Nationwide, fires from deep fryers destroy about 900 homes every year. I'm Ron Jordan reporting.